is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. It's Friday. Oh, I know it's Friday. <laughs> That's it? That's it. We know that. Thank God it's Friday. That's not Justin Bourne's voice. No. It's the real <laughs> Kipper and Stellick show today. Justin Bourne out. What, what's the scoop? Uh, I don't think it's uh, long-term. Day-to-day? Day-to-day. Okay. I think he's got a scratchy voice. Is that what it is, Sammy? Yeah, apparently lost his voice. He's not a healthy scratch as opposed to a scratchy voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's okay, right. You got to be LTI. worried. Not yeah. So that brings in Stellectricity. Would you consider yourself like a mid-reliever? Like you're not a closer, are you? Would you, you know, have you ever been a closer in your life? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> High school, maybe? Yeah, with well, late night talk, we can chat about closing the deal. Okay, remember Chris Selkovich and these guys used to write media media columns, right? Yes. You know, and we would get critiqued quite a bit. He wrote for the Toronto Star. This is like 20, you know. I got buried early well, in my career. And at Sportsnet, they would send the clippings around. Remember that? Like, you know, when they say, don't worry what people write. So he called me once a great inning eater. That's what he said. So, like, I didn't consider that, like, like I'm the guy that goes out when the Jays have an 8-1 lead and blows it, right? So, anyway, so I was a starter doing the morning show. Uh, You know, we used to close, like, with you and that at uh, primetime. So, yeah. Well, thanks for uh, coming in. Uh, Hey, my pleasure. You know, I love the show. I feel part of the family, you and Sammy. Seems like yesterday we were talking about uh, Dante's Fiesta and a Diet Coke. (laughs) That's right. And here you are. Water. 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 Didn't take a chocolate chip cookie. No. You tried to. No, no. Tremendous discipline. For about two weeks. So we just uh, were following the Raptor show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we met uh, Gary Trent Sr. Gosh. Yes. Big man. <laughs> Big man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like. He's my height. He could he could eat me, like, with one bite. It, yeah. It, it would take two for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> three or four. No, two's fine. Yeah. But uh, my, my hand disappeared when he shook it. Okay, now Sammy, can you hear me now, Gordo? Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I could hear you through the headset, but I realize that's not the ultimate thing. So I'm very vain now. I don't like you know these headsets. Look at Kippy; well, he's got the. You could catch lice from those things. <laughs> anyway, so do you have a headset on, Kipper? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. See, I oh, could, okay. I, so anyway, the point is, Sammy, you're from that era that when we were younger, we were told to give the big handshake, right? Remember yes. that? You know, like that was a big thing. That was a big thing. And I, there's certain people with crushing handshakes. And I haven't had one like that in a while. Like he's got to give our hands back. Honestly, Kippy. <laughs> like, that was very personal, nice guy. But uh, my hand, like, I, look how small my hands are. Like, seriously, I got, like, that's why I'm not in the NBA, they among other things. They don't look that yeah. small, Gordo. Oh, well, are they? You get a, better get an eye test. Okay. Yeah. Well, well we're glad you're here. Well, I'm glad. To, oh, geez, I'm glad to be here. Almost and we're glad everybody's here on this Friday. Uh, maybe a little bit of an uh, uh, Everything's off bets on Friday. We we don't know. This show could derail it uh, any moment. Uh, but usually around the time Doug McLean comes on, which would be in about uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. So we'll have some fun. Yes. With Doug McLean. The fugitive. I don't like know how much traveling. fun Leaf fans are having these days. Jeez. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, their overtime loss to San Jose on an Eric Carlson goal in overtime. First of all, I did challenge you to stay up and watch the game. Um, 
Yeah. How quickly did you fall asleep? Um, I PVR'd it. I'm going to watch when I get back home. <laughs> no, no, I watched. You're kidding. We're responsible for Leafs Nation, so... I watched it, and I know we got lots of clips too. I don't want to come. I'm, I screw you up because you guys work so hard getting the clips, and I never stop talking. But I, everyone loves doing this, so I figured something out. That here, here's the scoop. And speaking of scoops, okay, it's like ice cream, right? Like there's just great flavors of ice cream. Pretty well all of them. There's not many bad ones, but say there was like cod liver oil or prune ice cream or something. Yeah. The Leafs right now are vanilla, right? And vanilla is not great, and it's not bad. But it's vanilla, and that's what they are. Like, See, do you not agree? No, I, I, I think, I, I think Leaf fans would settle for yeah. vanilla right now. They're, they're I don't tiger think they're getting me. vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, they're getting that crappy flavor that you. Yeah, no, but it's imagine. not horrible. But it's vanilla. It's bland. And if you're, if you're going to be a pastry chef, a dessert chef, you don't serve vanilla if you're going to win the award. Right, you do a tiger tail like uh, like like Sammy says <laughs> right, or whatever. Well, well, let's spend the next little while figuring out if it is vanilla or okay. or the uh, cod liver oil. Did you say? Well, it's making flavor. up things because it's hard to find ice cream that's not good. So I was making up flavors. All right. Um, yeah. We want to start, Kip. We'll, we'll start with their start. You send out your your big guns, and. In the first minute, you're down one nothing, and your f- first thought when uh, Logan Couture scored on what was a basically a, a gift, was it not? Yeah. How many times did they like 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 this has been part of their the, against Vegas, right? That if you took away the first minute, the other of each period, the other 57 minutes were relatively close. And uh, again, Mike Babcock rings in our ear, start on time. He's not the only one to say that. That everyone, but just that was his big credo. And here we are. Like, seriously? San Jose sucks. You've been in Vegas. You know, the whole thing. Come out and show that you're loaded for bear and you're going to beat those teams that you should be beating. And all of a sudden you're behind. And also Eric Schalgren's, you know, you got to give this guy a chance. Give him some support. Try to see if he can go on a run. And you're down one nothing right off the bat. Brutal. Sammy, your, your first thoughts going down one nothing to start when we had had discussions on does Sheldon interrupt a day off for them coming out of Vegas on on that lackluster effort. Gordo, you mentioned ice cream. I hadn't even got my late night ice cream basically in the bowl by the time they'd already scored a goal. I just sat down. I had mm-hmm. legitimately just sat down. I wasn't even ready to pay attention yet, and it goes in the net. I it just and your first thought, Sammy, was uh, carry over. Yeah, it just it's going back to exactly the way they looked to start against Vegas, and it just. I'm honestly, it's just frustrating because I know that they're a better team than this. I know that they can, and they have more to give. We've seen what they've done over regular seasons in the past. And it just seems, and I don't know if this is too far to go, it just feels like a team that's, you know, vanilla, like you said, kind of going through the motions. Like they haven't found their mojo yet. They haven't had that game. And you thought it was going to be Winnipeg where they go in there and they play a rival and they kind of spark and get going. But they just seem that they're stuck in neutral. I don't, I don't know what is wrong with them. Now, Kippy, let me ask you a question. You're the only ex-player here. Because you mentioned about canceling a date off and having a practice. Now, a lot, the collective bargaining agreement now, a lot of days off are mandated, but, you know, not all of them. And um, I just remember that used to be after the game. And in your era, playing, coach would go, that's it. That's it. Practice, 9 a.m. tomorrow. I know we're supposed to have a day off. Then you get on the charter plane. No, no beer. No beer. Nothing, yeah. you know. So, I, I, to me, there's a fine line about treating them like adults, Right versus this constant knee jerk, you know, like you know this behavioral modification treatment. So I'm as a player, 
You know, it's easy to say, yeah, get them, get yeah. them out of the casino. I'm not that they're in the casino, but get them off another off day and let's let's practice hard. I think I think bag skates are for dinosaurs now, quite honestly. But I'm curious what you think. I, I think there is a fine line there for sure, and I think there's a way to treat them professionally and like adults, but still have the understanding that we are gonna we're not coming to the you're not coming to the rink feeling good. Okay, until we dig ourselves out of this. And I do believe that uh, uh, the best way that you can get to somebody is take away the thing that matters most to them. For me, that's ice, ice time, not ice cream or, mm. or anything else. But eventually the, the rest of it will go too. Like I don't want you coming to the rink feeling comfortable. I don't want you feeling like there is a tomorrow anymore. I want this turned around today. And if you do set a little bit of those parameters, the guys will the guys will respond. At least you hope that the character will respond. And if it doesn't, then it speaks a whole lot more to the character that you thought you had that it really isn't there. Now, you look what John Tortorella did, a couple of healthy scratches, okay? You know, Kevin Hayes was one of them, and you just so... I they, don't... I, they, they, they spent a third period benched. Yeah. A $7 million player sat on the bench for a third period. So the Leafs' great run back in 1993, which I know, again, is a long time ago, but I was doing the radio with Joe Bowen, so a lot closer to the team. They didn't get off to a great start. And in a game in Detroit just before Christmas, like you look back and Jamie McCowan, Sylvain and Lefebvre were probably the best, most consistent defensive tandem. Pat Burns made Jamie McCowan a healthy scratch. If you look at the word... Uh, Taking it quietly, Jamie McCowan's not that. He was a big chirper. You know Jamie, yeah. right? He had lots to say. But whatever it was, after that is when he responded and they responded. And again, I don't know how much a fine line it is, that you know, because nowadays, people, what, what are you embarrassing the individual for? So what's the line between you're embarrassing your team or you're not, you're, or you're not putting out for your teammates, you're not playing the team style, that, you know, and that's why you're not playing tonight versus, oh, why the agent calling or whatever, and he makes all this money, and, you know, you're not much you can do with him. And uh, so, it, it, again, it is a fine line, but that is a tool to take away ice time. That is the that is still the biggest tool you have. We're going to get to some Kipper's clips right now. Okay. And Sheldon's going to lead the way. Uh, well, we'll listen to his, and then we'll we'll respond to, to Sheldon here, and we'll start with the first one on... Uh, on San Jose's top players and how Sheldon yeah, saw that. Yeah, I thought that uh, I thought that San Jose's best players were gave us a real hard time today. We had a real hard time handling that. We couldn't we couldn't get much going every time they those guys got on the ice. They tilted the ice, um, so that was a problem for us. But I think overall, we just from our Moving the puck from our defense up to our forwards and, and getting onto the attack, I thought we were we had a real hard time with that. It's, Vegas was similar, um, so I think our inability to move the puck right now is really slowing us down. Is that a, another way of saying their elite players were better than our elite players? Well, I guess and not having to, I guess pull it back. I mean, David Quinn should be saying this on the San Jose side. Right, the San Jose Sharks should be saying that about the Maple Leafs, about their elite players. But instead, it's the other way around. And yeah, now is the thing that he pulled back on that comment is that basically what he's saying now? Because like San Jose's terrible right now. 
Like, you know, I don't care what their elite players are. They're, they're, they're not a bad team right now. They're, they're a terrible team. They're, they're not fish or foul. They think they're still going at it one more time. Uh, so they're going that way rather than, say, you know, Anaheim at least is doing kind of a rebuild with Zegers and Drysdale and Troy Terry and, you know, guys like that. But, uh, yeah, I think, Kippy, you're right. That's, that's kind of not as blunt as what he said. But, yeah, why, why, are, there better play, why are there better players? Better than our better players. It's a problem of motivation, all right? <laughs> I just I think it's more about the 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 D part of that that he said there. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for the next well, part. Well, listen, we'll, we'll, let's get to Sheldon on execution, and then we'll take our, our bird's eye view of both his comments. We got to execute. I mean, you just you watch the game, you watch how many times we don't execute on passes. Like we've got a lot of really good players, a lot of a lot of skill on our team, and. We're just not connecting on passes, like tape-to-tape passes that we're just either making the wrong decision and passing to the wrong guy or we're holding on too long and it gets disrupted. You know, that, that's a big problem for us. That whole uh, – our, our inability to move the puck up the ice efficiently is slowing down uh, all our game on offense and it's really hurting our game defensively as well because we're just getting stressed and, you know, second period we couldn't get our – could never get our defense off the ice because we just couldn't move the puck up. Is that on the forwards or – Starts with the D. Their touches, their first touch has to be better. Bingo. Yeah. I think he nailed it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he. Yeah. The one thing that we love about him on this show is like once he starts talking, I mean, he he'll give you what he yeah. honestly thinks. Good. I got a lot yeah. of respect for him. Absolutely. But you know, I'm. I'm not sure I would want him to talk as much as he does right now because if I'm the LA Kings waiting Saturday night, I don't need to see Phil, man. I just listen to his comments, and I I know I got to get on their D. I know they don't like a hard game. I know they can't pass. I'm just going by uh, his comments. He's giving me my my pregame speech for me. Well, yeah, but it's um, how does how does his guys respond? Okay. Because they don't have, they can play better than that. The Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know everyone, you know Sammy listening out there. It doesn't matter what level of hockey, you know a team watching that. And Kippy, you know that when you're, we used to kid about it when the Leaf teams weren't very good, and you're you're waiting at the blue line, and the pass comes waist high because it's wired by a stress D. Versus all of a sudden, things turn around. You go, wow, it's a put the like like it's like a pinball machine. You know, puck came in, bing bing, two passes. I got it at center ice. It's right on my stick. I'm going full speed. And, you know, that's the game within the game that doesn't show up statistically, yeah. Sam. I've never seen in, in in the last few years, and maybe three, four, five years, maybe go back to the, the tank season, but the disconnect between the defense and the forwards is the size of the 401. I've, they, they cannot hit any five-foot seven-foot passes, and they are not coming out of their own zone together. That is a big highway they're, they're you picked. They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, and I it's mean, up their ass, or it's uh, just missed, and it's coming right back. Mm-hmm. But don't you think a lot of that has to do with personnel? I mean, they're pretty thin back there right now. You know, with the loss of Muzzin and people, like, I know the whipping boy right now is Justin Hall, and everybody's texting me about it, and it's on Twitter, and everywhere you hear it, everyone's... You know, oh, Justin Hall is playing too. Like, what's the option? They're incredibly thin. They look incredibly thin back there. Yeah. And, you know, Mette's playing more than he should be, I think. And Giordano, he, God love him, but he's probably playing a little bit too much. It just like, feels like a back end that's a little bit thin and, to me right now. You know, the one thing that I've always stressed when they got Gio is 
he, he's smart. He's got a great stick. His positioning's well. But there is a foot speed issue. He cannot play 20 minutes every night. Mm -hmm. But the guys back there have done it before, making the quick, smart, non-pressured pass. So, you know, where, where is that devolving? You know, again, we never said there were a bunch of Norris Trophy candidates, but a D that can't, that is disconnected with the forwards hasn't been all the case with this same grouping, Kippy. It's been pretty consistent for the first uh, eight games here, Gordon. Well, this year. And yeah. that's all I've, I'm, I'm judging it on. Right. 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 So I think if we look at the roster at the beginning of the season, you know, you're, you are looking at six, seven new faces. Like, there's been some changes, some significant yeah. changes here. And that's why they went out and got some new guys that unfortunately got hurt. Right? You know, I'm not saying Jordy Ben would be the difference there, but that's why they got some more other variables about trying to get some more depth, yeah. on, depth on the D. But just, you know, but again, if you're a journeyman D, you know, play within your limitations and make the smart plays. And but they're not. I know. Make, they're them, not make them quick, built. but don't rush. They're not built that way. And well, well, playing smart's got nothing to do with being built. No. Playing smart, you know, is... is, is but play, playing smart is playing the percentages. Playing smart is minimizing your risk. And these guys are built on offense and go, go, go. And now it's the offense isn't there, but you still find them cheating out of the zone, i.e. the 40-foot pass from the, from the defense, and look no further than the game-winning goal in overtime. And I know it's three-on-three, three and I, I know I joke around that it's a, a pond hockey point. Yeah, it's a bit the Wild but West. There's still three guys, and if two of them are on a bit of an attack, somebody's got to stay. If the puck turns over, at least I'm back. And I'm watching them enter the zone, and now... Sandine's going to go and be the hero, uh, aggressively open up a shot. And Nylander's going to feed him a pass that's a high-risk pass. And Tavares is thinking about crashing in for a rebound or maybe even getting a drop pass. But you got three guys saying, I'm going to play the hero on offense, and not one of them is thinking defense. And now you turn the puck over, and Carlson has got... A hundred and eighty foot breakaway. That to me is not playing the percentages, not being smart, and not having the mentality of no defense first. I'm sorry. Tell you one of the real highlights was want to be the hero. Nick Robertson scoring in overtime against Dallas. Great feed from Austin Matthews. And uh, but we were kidding. If you watch the play, he misses. It's a three on zero the other way. To your point, but. It goes in the net, so it's over. But it was, you know, at that... And, and again, we do... You mitigate overtime. It's a bit of a different animal, but it, it does seem... Like, if, if the go-for-it strategy's working, which it hasn't worked in the playoffs, it generally doesn't work in the playoffs, you need more more structure. And again, I don't mean play boring or anything like that, but, um, but you know, think about the defense and all those other responsibilities. Yeah, then then it is problematic because it's bad habits.
shuffling the lines. Uh, did that do anything for you at all? Kerfoot, uh, the beautiful goal to kind of get the yeah. Leafs back into yeah. it. I, um, yeah, again, well, because they're down. Like, again, you're down, you're chasing, right? And you're down so quick, and then you're down by two later. You know, it just... Chasing, chasing, chasing is 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 a a different different kind of game that you got to play. So it's just one game. I didn't I didn't mind what he did. I I I think at at the end that you know you need I don't know at some point does it magically work that you get three really balanced lines in scoring? I think it's always going to be the way that all your 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 bread is buttered with two of them. Which in the playoffs again, if you have two scoring, that's that's generally will help get you further. But uh, yeah, I got, I don't know, did you have a problem with it? Uh, the one thing that I did have a problem with is JB's favorite uh, player, Mulgan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is continually, for me, um, a, swear, a square peg in a round hole. They, they can't find a place for him. And they're damned and determined they're going to. So you go into training camp, and really it was on a top six, it mm-hmm. was the feeling was Mulgan Robertson, Mulgan Robertson. So they send Robertson down because they can, and it's an easy protection. And Mulgan has a good training camp and starts on the top six. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden he's out of the lineup, and now he starts on the third line. That guy cannot be a third or fourth line winger. He doesn't know how to play that role. Yeah. He has to score, like he did in training camp, or be in a position to score. If he's not doing it in a top six, he cannot play. Just it's as simple as that for me. Now is that Michael Bunting too, or can he play on a third line? I have bunting as a as a as, as a depth guy. So a little more flexible. Well, I thought a little I, more flexible. Didn't he you pisses think, people off. He's more noticeable. Mm-hmm. Not a heavyweight by any stretch, but there are times when he can piss somebody off or uh, drag a few people into a, a a scrum. And I get more out of him on, on a on a depth position. And if you have to move him up a week or a fill in, he he can show that he can do it. Can he carry a top line consistently on the left side? No. I thought he looked pretty good last night at the start of the game. thought he had a pretty good first period. I thought he had some moments where he was I had no no- problem with bunting last night. I thought he was night. pretty noticeable, and he got it to the fact where Keefe ended up going back to it yeah. later in the game, kind of back to the security blanket of putting him back on that top line in that spot after, I mean, Kerfoot was, he was fine. He didn't really takes- give him much, but I thought that he earned his spot back up there, but I agree. I I just feel like they have not just Malgan, they have a lot of kind of those guys, Kip and, and Gordo, in the bottom half of the lineup that don't really have a defined role, that don't really have a presence. A presence or a defined role. Like it just we're talking about vanilla or tiger tail. That the bottom six of this lineup, it just doesn't it, seem like they're giving you much on a shift to shift basis outside of David Camp. It takes a, uh, the right mentality to to play that role and Mulgan has to be in a position to score or else he's useless. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's uh top yeah, totally. And 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 I I don't know what 
like I'm I'm curious inwardly because he had him before, and then he went back overseas, and and what is it that's really really intrigued them this time when he hasn't done it in the past? Like I don't know what what is it that they felt that okay this time we're going to give him a chance in the top two lines and well how much it, does, how much does pride play into it? Uh, yeah, it, honestly, it is, but. It, it, they just figured out that, you know, maybe there'd be a, a, a small part of Kyle Dubas saying, everybody had this guy written off. I'll show you that he still has value. And there was a small window to start the season that he, he turned himself into an asset. And assets are still hard to come by. They, they protected him because they knew someone was going to claim him. So there, there was a small window when he was actually a valued asset. Like coming out of training camp into the regular coming out of training camp, really so well. you know if he if he was able to get off to a decent start and he scored two or three goals and Robertson comes in, maybe you flip him for a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder. Maybe he took something and turned out of nothing and turned it into something. I don't know if that maybe that ship sailed in the first two weeks of the season, but there was a small window when teams actually looked at Mulligan and said. What if I claim him? I, I cost me what seven hundred fifty thousand this year. It's a cheap, it's a cheap way to think that I can get some depth. Yeah, I, I mean that's it, all. That's that's what I see out of Mulligan and and Kyle thinking that he could get him out of Europe a little, little older, a little more seasoned. Maybe he could get off to a decent start. It didn't happen, unfortunately. I mean, kind of like you know, I know it's a few years ago, Kasperi Kapit and Andreas Janssen getting something back, you know, draft wise, and and so. In, in Mulligan's case, so I'm trying to, like, you look at Jesper Bratt on New Jersey. Now, he's not him, but just someone really, so far, taking it up a level uh, with his existing team. But but also, you don't want to become Nick Ritchie. Because if you, if, you, if you don't get going, you know, you, you just, quite often, you don't get going when you're with a new team. You know, it just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen for whatever reason. So, I know he wants to get going. You know, it'd be nice if he got, like, what Nick Robertson did, get a goal or two early start doing that and what does he do then you know he's he's an older player so you don't you don't or like he's not a kid so you don't cut him as much slack about confidence trying to gain confidence even though you know kippy for all ages that that still is a factor about getting comfortable and gaining confidence in your in your nhl situation don't i just i mean to ask both you guys this don't you look at this roster as one now that has that just needs some kind of depth and help help here now that you have that LTIR 5 million. Like, I know you can't make a panic. You're not going to get an elite guy for a trade here. There's just nothing There's, available right now. It's just quiet. We saw Vancouver make a couple of moves. The latest one, I think, is they e trade, Ethan Bear. Yeah, they traded Ethan Bear uh, for a fifth-round pick. Would you if, – if Kyle beat Vancouver to the punch on Ethan Bear, right-handed D, not mm -hmm. a big guy, but would that have helped you out a little bit? I, I just don't. Is he kind of a, a version of right-handed Mete? Like, what, what, is, what is Ethan Bear at this point? I'm not sure. 2.2 million he is. Yeah. He's right. expensive. Which, He's rich. That's a lot. I mean, rich for the cap. But let's not forget that if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, coming off uh, long-term uh, IR would be Timothy Lilligren, mm -hmm. November 5th maybe. So that's right around the corner. I think he's been down with the Marlies on a conditioning stint. Mm -hmm. Like... And Jordy Ben too. Don't tell me for one second Sheldon is like, you know, holding his breath while that happens. And the one thing that will instantly happen, like it did last season, 
is it won't be a, a foregone conclusion that you're 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 making the game sheet out and you're putting H O L L. Yeah. Like he, he loses that that I'm in every night feeling mm-hmm. when Lilligren comes in and we're watching him struggle, continue to struggle, and you know Leaf fans are sitting there going, Why does he keep putting him out there? Well, what is he supposed to do? What's he supposed like what's you want him to play Philip Crawl? Like I I don't know what the option is if, if well, Lilligren isn't healthy. Wait, you wait for Lilligren. That's, That's your first feel like a trade. Yeah. So, so Justin Hall, in your opinion, Kippy's just completely off the radar now. He struggles. He's lost his confidence. Uh, he was a great story two years ago, right, or whatever it was. Yeah. That, uh, uh, unlike Frankie yeah. Corrado, who spent all those games in the press box and never really, you know, established. Justin Hall did yeah. it, and you know, made a career, made a whatever. And again, what, what, so what was it? Okay, so maybe he's a microcosm of what we talk about. Okay, about, you know, like the, the simple quick pass being able to do that. Like he was, if my memory serves correct, doing all that kind of stuff. And that's why he got a contract when you least was expected. It, was it uh, two years ago Edmonton. when they went out west Edmonton and he was... shut down Connor McDavid? Yeah, three games against Edmonton. And Leaf fans were going nuts. Two on... shutouts, almost a third shutout, three different goaltenders in goal. On how good Justin Hall was. It, it yeah. was a different, it was like watching... Uh, uh, a star emerge. It yeah. really was. Yeah. No, I, I, no, it was one of those diamonds in the rough. And you said, wow, wow. You know, we got, got fortunate here that just, you know, and, and uh, so I, again, that's kind of, a, uh, again, to use that word, a microcosm of, you know, I, I mean, we know about Tyson Berry, like he was supposed to be a puck mover and that was going to be a, that was going to be a plus in that regard. So, you know, that ship long ago sailed, but just about those kind of guys. So, so Morgan Riley, how's he playing Kippy? I said right from the get-go that the the pressure on Morgan to be Mr. Everything back there and not have a secondary guy that can relieve the pressure of trying to layer that offense, uh, it's just overwhelming for him. He, he takes chances when he shouldn't just based on, I think, the pressure to play this high-octane kind of offense for – and be that support guy to the likes of Matthews and Marner and and Tavares and Nylander. I, I he's not playing well. So not playing again, not playing within the limits or pushing the limits and not making the simple smart plays, which he 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 certainly can do. But you're right; yes. it's all of a sudden like and, I got to be the guy. And when you ha- constantly feel like you be have to be the guy, you're you're cheating. Yeah. You're you're willing to risk, and. I think if they brought in a, a, another top guy, top four, legitimate top four, it would almost alleviate that pressure off of him and he could actually focus on on being a better defensive player. I know this guy is making too good coin for the Leafs, but that kind of guy, and again, it comes down to baggage, and it was a great signing last year by Donnie Waddell for the one year in Carolina, but Tony D'Angelo in Philadelphia right now. I mean, I mean just... Like, you know, just those kind of guys that all of a sudden you wonder the Flyers, I know they got a new coach, but they've been ravaged on D. Ryan Ellis still not there, but just about, you know, just that kind of guy that can be a serviceable, serviceable kind of defenseman. Angvel, uh, you okay with him last night? A penalty, but it just, five on three was tough. To me, it just looked, 
it was par for the course with Angval to start the season. I, I thought maybe he had a couple more noticeable minutes. I do like him and him and Camp in that sort of defensive role. I think it's a good pairing. But I think they paid Engvall, with the, was he 2.25 this year for one year? Is that right? If, around there? They paid him with the hopes that he would kind of step in and replace what they lost with Mikheyev's 20 goals going out the door to Vancouver, I think, right? They thought that maybe he was going to take a more offensive role. Even Keith talked about that when they were when he buried him for the latest time, <laughs> talking about how, you know, we wanted, we were expecting more out of him and we were expecting more when he came back in the lineup. But maybe he's just not that, and you keep him in that defensive role with camp and hope for some offensive production. But it was just it was part of the course of Angball last night with me. I don't know about you guys. Well, you know, okay, so Kippy, let's talk about who caught your eye last night because for me, I just kind of I used the term vanilla, and it wasn't inspiring. You know, so you kind of that's the mindset, and it's just and it and it and it, and it just seems to permeate with everyone. I don't know, you know, or, or maybe we just get so poisoned watching the game. That we're not we're not willing you know we're not willing to cut slack to certain guys that are actually you know playing well in the midst of not not an overall good team effort. To me, I know this will be uh, music to Kipper's ears, but to me, the one guy that you notice every night is Marner. I, I think that if you're going to pick out a guy that's been like I know that Tavares has had the best start to the year in terms of production, and Willie's had a great start production wise, but on a night to night basis through this sort of vanilla start that we've been talking about. A Marner is the guy that's always going. He's always the engine. He's always going. He's always pushing the play. And I, Matthew's got a great goal last night. It was nice to see him fire one in the net. But if there was one that would pick out, I thought Marner looked really good last night. He got a goal. Thought he looked great. All right. Uh, I'll get time to think about it because Sheldon's going to come and share some positives for us right now, and then uh, and then we'll follow up. Well, if there's if there's a positive out of the game, is you know you're down three one and you find a way to come back and get a point and give yourself a chance to get the second point. Uh, we had some opportunities there in the third period to to go ahead in the game and we couldn't get it uh, couldn't get it in. But if that if there's a positive in the game for sure, it's that you know. Um, we, like I said, we we get down in in Vegas early in the third period and, and we don't have much of a push at all to come back. And, and this one, you know, we, we got a great goal by those guys to finish the second period. Um, power play against a very good penalty kill had to come through in a big moment. Um, we were able to do that, so I, I took that as a as a big positive for sure. We just got to find a way to get that second point. Just to follow that up, Schalgren looked like he got off to a horrible start, but. Give the kid some credit. He, he settled in, and he gave the team a chance mm-hmm. to pick up the point and maybe get one in overtime. If there's one positive on a 4-3-1 three, three and one record is that we're not, we're not leading shows with what are they going to do in net. Absolutely, because then you're screwed. If, if it's not happening, you don't have, then you don't have the horses, so you're right about that. And, and I do, I like, there always should be a positive. And and Sheldon's right, okay? You're down 3-1, and on the road, even though the shark tank is now more like the guppy tank, okay? It's not the shark tank <laughs> anymore. It's, 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 gold, it's, come on. Like a goldfish bowl? Yeah, oh, come on. I mean, The like, minnow tank? We talked about it yesterday. Like, God love Peter Horacek, his brief time here, but he went on the road to those three cities, oh. and that was it, man. Game, set, match. <laughs> that was a bit of a different animal back uh, in those days. It wasn't so that, that long Cal- ago. I know, California I know. Trip. California was like yeah. the three NBA teams in Texas. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, it's like duck, you know, the, the, the drowning ducks in one thing. The Kings at least are a little bit of a rebuild in that. But, yeah, so, okay, down two on the road, you came back and tied. So I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. That's a positive. Positive is Marner scores, Matthew scores. Yep. 
You know, it would be really great if they can get, like, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander all to play well at the same time. <laughs> well, they need a game like yeah. Nashville got last night, okay? Nashville, uh, what was it, 6-2? 6-2, they, they win over St. Louis. Okay, Forsberg gets three assists. Duchesne gets three assists. Six different guys score. Like, you need, like, Leafs are kind of that because Nashville, since they got back from Czechia, against San Jose, who they beat twice, by the way, there, they had trouble winning on North America. So they get that, and that's whether, hey, come on, let's do it in Anaheim or L.A. Like, okay, Matthews, two, Marner, two, Nylander, two, Tavares, two, like 14 to one. I don't want to. Uh, like that Detroit game. I don't want to get into a, a, a deep conversation here on other teams. We can do that later on in the show. But here's another positive. Just take a look at the Atlantic. They're, they're all in the same boat, really, here. And I'm talking about top teams now that we were, with the exception of Boston. Yep. Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, like like you, all equally going. What the heck is going on here? I don't consider Tampa Bay equal, you know, because they got you know they have three Stanley Cup final appearances, two Stanley Cups in the last three years. Like I'm like I'm strictly on the record, okay, and and the way they're playing, they're not playing like that. And I'm just saying that those are those are top teams that we thought would be competing, yeah, for for supremacy. League-wide. So Florida and Toronto are similar in that they need to go further. Uh, they need to, and that's one reason a coaching change was made in Florida, not have the run-and-gun show, but also a more structured playoff-type team. So you're right. It's, uh, it's um, um, again, I guess disappointing is not too strong a word. So, yeah, it, it is disappointing to start. It's not, again, the sky's falling down, but it's disappointing. Sammy, you okay with uh, Matthews now? Was that the game that said that, now we're going to see the old Matthews. I will say that puck that he hit there to score the goal, that really did make me feel a little bit better about things. He absolutely peppered that. Yeah. That's, that was the A-plus-plus shot, so it was nice to see that. I liked him kind of edging towards the the, um, the quarterback on the power play unit. I They're really putting him higher and higher in the umbrella every game that goes by. I guess it gets well, Vegas. He's, he's he, got a threatening shot back yeah. there, which no one else, including well, Morgan, obviously, so, can get you. I've been kind of talking about this a little bit with you, and Borny, I'll get your take on it too, Gordo. Are, is it ever time to try Sandine on the first unit? Because to me, every time he goes out there with the second unit for the last 10 seconds that they get, he really does seem to be a better quarterback at finding the right pass. It doesn't come down to Morgan's shot for me. It comes down to the pass that he makes from the top. It doesn't seem like he picks the right one a lot of the time. And I like Sandine's skill up there doing that. I don't know what you guys think about that. But it just now the seems... second unit comes out and just 10 seconds left of the power play. <laughs> it is a ton he can do that, Sandine, with 10 seconds yeah. left on the power play. I, like, I love Morgan Riley. I love what he does for the Leafs. Like, I think he's such an important guy, but I just don't think that power play quarterback is in his skill set to me. Take of chicken. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I've, I've never, Kipper, I've never spent more time talking about a guy I've never watched play one hockey game in my life with Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I barely know what he does at all. Yeah, I, I so, you know, it's a, who, who's the shiny object? It was Nick Foligno a couple of years ago. It's whatever. It's a, it, it's uh, it, it's whoever's out Got there. Got any better ideas? Well, well, I to the point about see what Rasmus Sandin can do. Yeah, a little bit okay. more. You can try to, you can well, try different things. You're not, lots of, your number, what's the number 16 power play? It's not, it's yeah. not great, not terrible. Chikrin is not going anywhere anytime soon. 
But you don't. It's going to be a while before he plays. Everybody's going to want to watch him. Week still. Okay, but wait a sec. How how are you going to like like where are you going to find the 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 stuff to trade for him? Two first rounders. That you just start there. Yeah. Again. 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 You're all in, Gord. Okay. Well, put that in your morning show pipe and smoke (laughs) it. Well, just so so you know what, Chickering. I think he's not. I think he's healthy. But Arizona said. Just stay out a bit because your reputation's getting bigger and bigger with these teams that are struggling. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. He's we're just, they're, talking, the we're they're talking you up in Toronto. They think Barry Trotz wants to coach here, and they think that, you know, whatever, you're the Norris Trophy guy, so just keep it. Just stay out there and we'll, get, All right. we'll get whatever. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to bring Doug McLean, and then we're going to really watch this show <laughs> go south. Hi, I want to get his Doug thoughts. McLean, and my nickname is Mac. <laughs> <laughs> On... Barry Trotz, because we were all together once upon a time in Washington. Yeah, you guys Barry were. Barry Trotz, Doug McClain, the late Brian Murray. We were actually a thing back then. So I want to get his thoughts on uh, just a, the casual comment by Barry Trotz, or was it casual? It very well could have been, but you're right. You're right. Is perception reality, or is he just, you know, talking, having a nice chat, and original six teams are special. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're a lot, We're happy you're along for the ride here on this Friday, wherever you're watching, listening, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Give us a rating and review. Tell us how Gord is doing out of the bullpen. Love to hear from you. That and more, Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. CJCL Toronto. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Where do you think Mac is right now? I think he's... I think he's on his way. Is he? He's like the fugitive. He just is kind of going. Harrison Ford, kind of like? Uh, way back the old TV series, David oh, Jansen. Okay, that's you know, a little, week a little to week. older than I am. Well, it, there was available in reruns, but the, every week he went somewhere and just got, except he's got his own RV. He doesn't go on a bus. He does, and I don't, think, I don't think the law is chasing Doug either, so I think we're all, I think we're all good in that regard. Hey, Mac, I want you to know it's not Justin Bourne today, but it's Gord, and it still will be a good show for you. Well, I, I'm glad because I bailed on Stelly last week. I was supposed to go on his show, but I was in I was in the mountains and I had no I had no uh, whatever you call it in, uh, internet. You know? Internet. Well, that's why I'm saying he's what like. What, 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 I'm watching the stock market, wondering if I have to go back to work or not. <laughs> hey, just go to your mattress. That's where it all is, anyways. <laughs> Anyway, Where's the RV? Did you sell it? No, I just took it out. Actually, took it out this morning and I had to empty it all. We just got here yesterday, so I had to empty it all. And then I took it out to the uh, where I store it and just uh, did a few uh, things. And I'll have to go t- first of the week and wash it up and, you know, get it, get it ready to be stored, you know, because we won't use it. We put, like, seriously, we put 32,000 miles on this thing in two years, two and a half years, two years and four months. Like, seriously. Well, you're sending me pictures from it. You're smoking a cigar. You got glasses of wine. Clearly, you've had no time to watch the Leafs, which 
probably is a good thing for them. Well, I did watch last night, and I do have my NHL package, so I'm ready to go. But look, it's really interesting what's going on in the NHL, and we have all we have the analytics. I love Torts' comments on analytics today. By the way, you got to read those. What Torts thinks of analytics. Yet Philly are a team that hired about three new analytics people this summer, so they must feel really good listening to Torch say how he thinks it's a waste of time and energy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, was, I thought that was good. But anyway, not that I don't like analytics because I happen to uh, enjoy looking at it, you know. But anyway, you know what? It's really interesting. Watch the Rangers play the other night. They lost uh, 3-1 to the Islanders. Zero from their third and fourth line. And I, I think it's an unbelievable important part of today's NHL with all the money that's going at the top of the lineup that you actually have to do some serious scouting to find the right third and fourth line guys and the, and the 6-7-D, 5-6-7-D at the bottom of your lineup because so much money is going to the top. The teams that get nothing out of their third and fourth lines are going to have a hard time winning the NHL. The big guys cancel out, but you've got to find that third and line. And I'm serious. I watched the Rangers that night. I'm thinking, geez, I didn't, I didn't like it the way they played. And they've got to give you energy. They've got to score. They've got to chip in the odd goal. No, you know, I mean, so the Leafs, there's no energy in that, that entire lineup. You know, it's gotten to a point now that why is there no urgency, no energy? They're going to wait till the playoffs and have the coach say after every game, it's unacceptable. Who the hell do they think they are? It's unacceptable. They've won diddly squat for the last six years, and they're saying it's unacceptable for how good we are. Like, really, boys? Anyway, that's just my quick analysis. Well, so we were talking quite a bit about that, the third and fourth line on the Leafs, Doug, before you came on. So, you know, let's use just Wayne Simmons as an example in that, okay, is that an extra ingredient that you can put in from time to time? Uh, or is it a team that really can't figure out what their identity is supposed to be with third and fourth lines? I think I, I continually look at what they've done the last three years with their third and fourth line. I mean, they started out, they tried the Simmons, the Spezza, you know, those types of guys. They, they found out it didn't work at playoff time. Then they go to last year's group on the third and fourth line, which they were a part of, didn't work. Then they go to this year's group, and I'm thinking, okay, have they finally got it right? Are, are, they, are they actually doing some scouting, or are they just using the analytics quotient to find these guys? Because I, I think it's, it's critical. I don't, like, I don't like the way their third and fourth line's playing. The one kid's been is has had a pretty good season so far. Comp, Tamp, whatever his name is, has had a pretty good run. But overall, they're, they're getting zero from these groups. And uh, and then their big guys are stifled. Um, you know, you got your number one goalie. Well, I guess he is. He's injured. So, yeah, to me, it's critical to have success to make the playoffs. Look at the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins are mix, missing Marchand, Okay. And they don't miss a beat. Washington missing key guys. They don't miss a beat. They, the the bottom guys move up. They fill in. They get the job done. I, I sent out a tweet ten days ago. I said, "Don't underestimate Boston, Washington. Everybody's ripping them. Don't underestimate these two teams. They're going to be pretty good." And all of a sudden, they look decent. Not that I'm that smart. It just 
you know, they've got some good quality people to fill in and fit in. When we did our wrap-up show after they got knocked out in the first round, I think it was uh, my good buddy Justin Bourne who dropped the name Tyler Mott as a type of guy that the Leafs should go after. And I'm wondering today, is there anyone in Leafland that wouldn't trade Mulgan and Aston Reese for Tyler Mott today? They're, they're, it's the same money. Well, well, Tyler Mott is a guy that we've watched help teams, whether it's Rangers, whether it was Vancouver, you know, now this year. I mean, he, he's a guy that's actually, he's actually a guy that's, yeah, in Ottawa. Yeah, he's actually a guy that can kill penalties. He can fill in. He, he gave and gives really good energy. But no, we got to go to these guys that, who did they just sign? I'm thinking like in the summer. I mean, who? They signed Kubel? Are you serious? Okay. Maybe he'll turn out to be great. It just caught me off guard. I'd like to see guys with a little more track record. That's all. And Mott's a guy like that. And they, those guys are out there every summer. Every summer they're out there. So I'm, I'm going to let Kit. Oh, sorry. They keep finding these guys. They keep finding these guys that are going to shock the world and are going to put a feather in their cap because they video scouted them. Or analytics are really, really their their data is really good. So uh, and I like. Don't get me wrong. It's an important tool. It's an important tool, but it can't be that important. So what was the mindset about they? They felt this time around, Dennis Maligan. And maybe he still will be, but he's going to be a guy. He's going to be on the top two lines. He wasn't on the third or fourth line. Uh, now he is. Uh, now he's a healthy scratch. But about that, God darn it, we're going we're gonna to find a way to make it happen. I mean, where does that come from? Well, I don't know. Do you have any Dennis Malgans I've had in my career? Why do you think I'm not working anymore? Why do you think I'm not working anymore? Does that answer your question? You've been Malgan right out of the league. <laughs> well, I'm in the same boat, Doug. Yeah. yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> oh, God. There's That's one thing a beautiful about the answer. The, the one thing about the NHL is you're not don't ever really believe you're a lot smarter than the next guy. All the guys that are running teams have done something in their careers to get there. And they've done something to stay there. Don't think you're outsmarting the rest of the league. And I remember, I mean, I'll never get sitting in a meeting and with Bobby Clark. And, and they, I said, geez, I'm really disappointed in that CBA. You know, I've got so many good young players. And he looked at me and said, Doug, we all have good young players. You're not the only one with good young players, okay? So it was a good <laughs> lesson, you know? Just talk about your own team, you know? Anyway. We're joined by Doug McLean, former NHL president, GM, head coach, and uh, I don't know, RV lover. RV lover, broadcaster. There you go. Mac, uh, yeah, a few yoga, days ago. Yoga, yoga guru. <laughs> I, was telling it, I was just telling everybody before the break that once upon a time, uh, in the Washington Capital Organization, there was me, you, and Barry Trotz. And all Trotz did between then and now is turn himself into the third most winningest coach in NHL history. Therefore, when he says 
that he would be intrigued by coaching a Canadian original six team. It kind of carries a little bit more weight than say me and Gord. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to hear him say that. I mean, I know trots like, you know, trots actually rented, he rented my townhouse in, uh, in Baltimore or in, uh, Crofton, Maryland, actually. And, you know, he was, uh, I remember how excited he was to get our house rental. I don't think he probably would like to rent the same place now. <laughs> you know what? I was a little surprised to hear him say that because I thought, okay, just a minute. Montreal have St. Louis. Calgary have with Sutter. Well, another not the real six. I went through all the original six teams, and I'm thinking, ah, uh, there's only one team he's talking about that he would be excited, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs, who happened to be sputtering. So, you know... That sounds like something his agent would say, uh, Gil Scott. Uh, it doesn't sound like something Trotz would say. You know what I mean? So I was caught off guard by that. But, you know, what does Brendan Shanahan think when he hears those comments? That Trotz would like the chance, you know? It didn't go well on the island at the end. Trotz wasn't happy. It, it fell apart. Uh, the players w- were glad that when Trotz left, which shocked me. But they were. They were. They had their fill of the of that style of coaching. Trotsy, to me, is a great guy, a good, co- a real good coach. Um, but but they were excited to see him go. The same as the Bruins were excited to see Cassidy go. The same as the Leafs were excited to see Babcock. They're always excited to see all of us go. You know, so that's not an unusual thing. But uh, you know what? I, I it caught me a little off guard. But Keith has got to figure this out. He's got to figure this out. Right now, his defense isn't good enough. His goaltending isn't good enough, other than if Samsonov stands on his head, which how long is that going to last? He couldn't win a game for Washington last year. How long do we think this is going to last? I mean, this is la-la land thinking this guy's going to keep playing like this after watching him in Washington last year. I mean, seriously, how bad was he at times last year? So, you know, the bottom of their lineup isn't very good right now. And the big boys are having trouble scoring. Some of them are having trouble getting scoring chances. So I think Keith has got to figure this out real fast because as each loss comes along or each unacceptable performance comes along, eventually he's going to get called in and say, your performance is unacceptable. So, you know, you look at, in in the case of, of Barry Trotz, you know, people of that age, would look at original six teams, and there's certain there's a certain cachet about it. So, say just on a podcast, you kind of forget, you know, a bit, and you're just saying, yeah, you know what, it would be neat, and particularly after places like Nashville and Washington, the island, whatever. And you were with Kippy in Washington. You've been in Florida, Columbus, but Detroit, okay, an original six team. I know your position wasn't a GM or or, or a president or that, but. Was there cachet being with an original six team? Or, hey, if you're with the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well-run an organization as there is, it's the same thing. Or is it different? You know what? I'd go in to work out in the uh, after the players leave. I'd go in and get on the treadmill, and I'd look on the treadmill next to me, and Ted Lindsay was on the treadmill next to me. I'd go in the alumni room after the game with Jill to have a, a cocktail, and Gordy Howell would be in there. And Ted Lindsay would be in there, and Alex Delvecchio would be in there, and Bill Gadsby would be in there. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like how how cool is this? Yeah, there is, there is. Uh, the original six is still special for for my vintage and 
for anybody that's a hockey fan. Still, it carries something. And the, the Leafs carries even more than that because if you could ever win in Toronto, it just it, it, it's special. It's like, although I was thinking of a poor Neil Smith the other day, a good friend of yours, who who won the Stanley Cup with the Rangers. And I, I was driving through Greenville, South Carolina, wondering if he still lives there. I don't even know where he is. You know, yet he won the Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers in 94 and did a heck of a job at that time. So, you know what, there is a cachet to it, but because guys really want to have success and have an opportunity to have success with one of those type teams, for sure. I think there is. Mac, some people are still looking at it and go, chill, man, eight games. Uh, Where were you as a president and general manager? And, you know, we do hear of uh, American Thanksgiving as being that that cutoff line for a lot of reasons and including uh, playoffs or no playoffs. But where is it with you when you look at Sheldon and how much time he has to dig this thing out and when you really start saying they're not responding to him and if that's the case, then uh, we've got to make some hard decisions. Well, you know, they're not going to do that and they shouldn't do it yet. I mean, I think they've got to – look, This he's a young guy. He's still – Learn picking his way. Him and Dubas are attached at the hip. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's way it's way too early. I think the the trot thing that probably wasn't in, an intention of Barry's at all. Probably not at all. Gil Scott would have loved it, but Barry would not have meant <laughs> to do that, in my, in my opinion. But I, I I think it's too early, and I think they're too good a team. But right now. They're not a good enough team, and they've got to figure out how to make them. I know they've got a couple of defensemen out, but when you look at that blue line and you've got to play Mete and you've got Giordano turning into the 40s and you've got Sam, the kid is still a kid, you know, it, it's, it's, and Hall is just average. It's just, it's just scary when you look at that blue line combined with the lack of what they're getting up top. It's, it's frightening, and they've got to play the, their number three goaltender. At this time, you know, in these in a in a hard in a tough schedule, so um, you can't wait very long. But you can't you can't panic either. I mean, they're a playoff team. That's not the issue. But this unacceptable talk and all this BS is getting on my nerves. Like, just don't tell the media everything. Oh my God, they can't wait to run to the media and tell them everything. Like, just shut up once in a while. <laughs> so here, here's a question. Jeez. And I, it's a curiosity question, and Kippy may know and you may know. So, you're, you know, optics are an important thing. You mentioned about Keith and, uh, and, and Kyle being attached to the hip. So this year, when we're down, you know, doing the games for Leafs Nation here on the fan, Kyle used to sit with Brendan Shanahan in a private box behind the net. And now he's up in the box that, you know, Brian Burke used and known used like they used to be, but he never has been there since he started. And his guys are there and, you know, the assistant GMs and all that. But he's not sitting with Brendan, Think right? Brendan kicked him out? Oh, no. I, I, Is that I, what you're I, no, I, 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 like, I know Luke, I ki- I know Luke kicked people out, okay? I know Luke when he's going to kick people out. But, I like, is there is it just maybe that's a more efficient way to watch the game or something like that? I'm just, I'm just curious, Doug. I, I don't know any idea, and I'm not trying to just, say there's ulterior motive. Just, Gord's on to something just here. Because you, you know, just because you used to sit with Ballard and knife uh, 
punch Imlac. I mean, come on, we're not all like that, Gord. <laughs> I didn't knife anybody. I didn't, listen, but I here, did sit with Ballard. Listen, yes. Here, but but let me let me just remind you something, and I'll never forget this. GMs get to hate coaches really fast. Owners get to hate coaches faster than the GMs like to get to hate them. And presidents get to dislike their coaches and their GMs. So, you know, it's been six years and, you know, dislike becomes part of it. Yeah, it's just the way it is. I don't mean dislike the guy personally, but dislike. But I'll, I'll never forget that. As a GM, you've got a little more time. The owner doesn't get to hate you quite as fast as he gets to hate the coach. Just remember that. So, you know, that's why you get GMs that get to fire two or three of these guys. Mac, so, um, you know where the hate, where the hate is now. I don't know, Brendan. Maybe maybe they just they're trying something for good luck. Who knows? I don't know. It has been a, a topic of conversation on Kyle not having an extension, one that he would have liked in the summer, going in now and making the necessary changes, and whether or not uh, there's a different feel without a, a contract next year than if he had one or two years left. Where, where are you on that with business as usual for a guy that has no security blanket underneath him? Well, it's, it's not good. It's really not good. And that's you stole Brad that. May's line, by oh, the way. Media. <laughs> What's that? It's just not good. Brad May's line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, it, it's not uh, the way it should be because he controls a, a major part of, of the player personnel in this organization. And you can't have somebody in a desperation move making those moves. And, you know, if, if he, let's say he makes another cadre type trade. Let's say he makes another one of those at the deadline and it bombs like the cadre one bomb. Now, lots of people didn't want cadre there because he got suspended. He, he played too hard. He was too mean at playoff time. They didn't, they didn't, nobody wanted him there. And, you know, it, it, and it bombed. Well, if he makes another one of those, then it'll be, well, he didn't have a contract, so he was desperate. He's going to make dumb moves. Well, they can't risk that. That's why he, he'll be signed before the deadline, in my opinion. I think he will be, or he'll be fired, one or the other. You can't have him go into the deadline with no term. You can't, unless there's one sitting in the drawer for him, and they just don't want to announce it. Well, I'm wondering that because now the only reason, Kippy, we know is Kyle shared that, correct? Like, how do we, we don't know anything about contracts. Sometimes people dig and find out stuff, but this got confirmed. Did he volunteer it? Like just saying, I'm, I'm committed because I'm on my last year. I think, I don't think you would have volunteered it any more than they didn't volunteer when Sheldon got an extension. Do you remember that? Well, I know, but I'm saying why, why, like, I don't even, to Doug's point, like Randy Carl, excuse me, uh, Ron Wilson got signed on Christmas day as extension, like, you know, whatever. And, and, and it could like David Pasternak, is he really an unrestricted free agent or do they have a contract in Boston already in the drawer? I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think they do. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I just, I, like, I just would expect, you, I, I don't care. Like if he has, an, uh, I, I, are, I, you, are you saying it's a non-factor about Sheldon? Yes. No, about Kyle. Uh, about Kyle? No, it's a big factor. Like okay. Doug says, but I'm saying, why do we know this? 
Like, why, why is it public knowledge? We generally don't know contracts to that degree that, oh, my God, he's a, what, what, what you, what coaches, as you know, Doug, always argued, I can't be a lame duck, which really well, you can be. But it's out there now. Yeah. It's a yeah, thing. I know. I know. So. Yeah, it's out there. It, it, it just, it, that's what's wrong. They, they need, a, like, I remember when we used to go have training camp and you'd bring a media expert in to meet with our kids about how to deal with the media and how to handle the media. I should have sat in on those sessions, by the way. I wasn't smart enough to sit in and learn from those. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, they, they need some lessons in what to say and what not to say. I mean, it's it. some of the comments that are made, like the Sheldon slamming his veterans, then basically apologizing, saying it's unacceptable. Then, you know, I mean, it just, like, I mean, they just talk too much. They love to hear themselves talk. So just calm down. I mean, I love listening to Gerard Gallant's press conferences with the Rangers. You know what? I love listening to them. It's short answers. He doesn't give them much. He gives them enough. But he's been around. And this is, this is something Gerard has learned in his career. The same with the trots and the same with these guys that are experienced. It, by telling them everything, it just it, you know what? how much it's created in chaos because of them talking too much? It's unbelievable. And Brendan, he never says anything. They should get Brendan to talk more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they'll they keep going the way they're going. He's gonna have to. For sure. Yeah. Hey, let yeah, me ask you something. They're, look, they're a pretty good team. Anyway. Yeah. Um I got this feeling in this segment that uh Gil Scott took you to the wood chipper on a negotiation or two in your career. Uh, no, that's not true. I ran into Gil at the draft in Montreal this year, and we actually had a nice chat. I like Gil. I, I like Gil. Okay. All but right. Well, when these... I didn't have a job, when I didn't have a job, he was too busy finding trots in some guy's jobs. Yeah, there, there it comes out. There it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like, I like Gil. I do. You know, Gil, Gil likes Gil when uh, he eventually lands a five million dollar contract for Barry Trotz. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All yeah. right, Mac, anyway. go back to cleaning the wheels on the RV or something. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Both you guys. Gord, does this make up for one on yours, too, so I don't have to do that? <laughs> hey, why don't you just we'll, – we'll give Gord the tape of this, and he can play it yeah. on Sirius. There we go. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll give you – thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Hey, McGuire's available now. He's not working in Ottawa, is he? Is he still, no, he's not in Ottawa, I don't think. He's available again for you. Okay, we appreciate all the help. Okay, uh, uh, Sc Scott, McGuire, anyone else you want to take a run at before we end this thing? Or you, you're okay no, now? I've had, a pretty good, I've, had, I've had a pretty good go today. I'll talk to you later. All right, Doug McLean, everybody. <laughs> you can almost tell, like, he's... Oh, I know, totally. When he gets bored, he gets better on this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gil Scott was a big CFL player agent before, and then he became. Yeah. He had, his, um, I dealt with him once on Peter Ng. Okay, that's who he had. Believe it or not, player wise. But then he found this niche with coaches. Yeah. Like it's a great niche. You know, he, he really. There's only a couple of them so that handle NHL was that, coaches. Was that a tough negotiation with Peter Ng? Uh, it, it actually was initially. Alumnus. Peter had pretty high thoughts of himself. He came out. You know. Anyway, it was. And so. uh, but it was good. It was ba professional. Back then you were fighting over like five grand, were you not? Oh, like one grand, like one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Should be that way now with the salary cap having a stranglehold on many teams, including the Leafs. Okay, we're going to take a quick break.
We mentioned them uh, a couple of minutes ago. It's not good. It's not good. We'll get Brad May's feeling on the Leafs. Well, it's not good. <laughs> that and the live Brad May after the break. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Closing out the week here on Real Kipper and Born with our guest co-host, Gord Stellick in for Justin Bourne. We're also going to take some uh, comments and questions from YouTube and text 5959. 590-590. 590-590. What did I say? 5959. <laughs> My height in high school. They're gonna, I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> they'll probably get Wayne's World in Aurora, Illinois with that. Yeah. <laughs> how long How long has uh, the Fan 590 been around? Now I'm calling them 5959. It was 1430 for a while. When it launched, it was God, 1430. Well, anyway, just uh, facts. Then it got moved down the dial. Anyway. All right. As promised, the Leafs are 4-3-1, and one, which will utter famous words from Brad Well, May. it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that might be our best one ever. No, 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 no. I got another one. Hold on. <laughs> what Brad May would do to turn this around for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I'd fight my mom to win another Stanley Cup. <laughs> he would fight his mom. Gord. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I couldn't do that on my mom. But your your mom that time, May Day, at the golf tournament, when you were telling jokes she didn't like, she almost came up and slugged you, right? Your own tournament? Hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> my mom, my mom, thank you guys for having me on, number one. Uh, my mom is the sweetest woman and tough as nails, and she would she would kick my ass, and and I'm and I'm f- afraid of her. My my point of saying that, guys, is you have to be all in. You have to be committed to the cause and do whatever it takes. Even when, let's say you're a skilled player, skilled players can drop down, block shots, play simple, make easy, which has been difficult for Toronto. Five, seven, ten foot passes. I think their game has to become more simple, and simple's not stupid in this case, guys. Listen, get the puck out of your zone together. Don't extend the neutral zone by expecting 40, 60-foot passes, which end up becoming a tip down deep, and it becomes a ping-pong match. And all of a sudden, if you don't close the gaps, you're exposed. So Toronto, you listen, they've got a lot of talent. They've got, they're very thin on the blue line. We've... We've, we've noticed that, of course. Um, but they're top guys. They're going to be able to score. They're going to be okay, this team. But it starts at the top, the leadership. And for me, um, I like Sheldon Keefe. I had a great conversation with him at, at the Leafs Golf Tournament before. Are you guys? Oh. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Sheldon Keefe. But – you got to be the leader of that group, and the idea that you have to open up and talk about your internal conversations with your players to the media and to the public, and, and literally the diehard Leaf fan who's who loves you know um, this kind of information. 
And you're not keep getting a swap. Your, keep you're it not. close to your chest and be the leader. And by the way, I didn't play with coach or for coaches that were apologetic for what they said to their players. It's a big boys game. They're making a lot of money. And guess what? A lot of times you deserve the criticism. You're not getting a swab up your nose in, in this segment, are you? No, but I was actually, I'm on my cell phone, guys. I apologize if somebody's calling through and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, ignore? <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't want to hit it and then, and, and then delete the phone call. But um, you know what, guys? I, I really appreciate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I'm going up this weekend with the alumni. A bunch of guys were going up to northern Ontario playing some hockey. I love the game. I love the passion. But listen, everything that happens inside that locker room should never, ever come out. If my children are misbehaving, I don't go out to the neighborhood and tell everybody what they're doing and what I'm going to do to fix it. You handle it (laughs) internally. You become a wonderful family, tight-knit. The trust factor grows, and then you become tighter and better. So, okay, you're talking about a team that has had Stanley Cup expectations uh, for a few years. I mean, not not a favorite, but certainly, and then that has had no playoff success to show for it. So you're talking about fundamental hockey that they got to address. Is this something a Stanley Cup contender needs to address? Has, has, the, has the learning curve stagnated or gone backwards in the process or something? Well, listen, it's early in the year. They've got new players. What is it, up to six or seven new faces in the, in the lineup? They are thin on the blue line. And when you have some injuries, of course, that's a big one to Jake Muzzin. And it's a big pill to swallow. But on the other hand, I guess you get relief on the cap. Listen, this team has to become better. They have to be tighter. You have to learn how to win many different ways. Every team that they're going to play, there's different factors that will emerge in a game. They've got to be tough in some. They've got to outskill teams in others. They've got to be disciplined in most games. But sometimes it's worth it to take a penalty, a real physical penalty, and make a statement. I think Toronto's lacking that presence. And I don't think they make other teams uncomfortable unless they're drawing penalties and the big boys are on the ice. And I'll tell you what, if they run into an undisciplined team, that's when Toronto thrives. Mayday, we saw a big goal out of Austin Matthews. A ton of pressure on him to get going. Um, You've played with some of the best scorers in the world. Is there any scenario where you saw maybe even a guy like Pat LaFontaine lose his confidence or is there anything that you could do as a teammate or is it just best to know that uh, these guys are just going to snap out of it you leave them alone well it, 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 it's I think it's really important to understand each other's personalities everybody checks differently and of course that's the coach's job and the leadership group on the team conversations are a starting point but at the end of the day the pressure mounts when you don't score for those players and what the best players do is they get back to a simple game they don't make stupid mistakes they play a you know a, a, a 200 foot game i i hate these cliches but they do they get back in the position low and slow in the middle if you're a center iceman you get you know little, you get more touches on the puck and then all of a sudden you know you make a play you you, you get a little confidence because you deke somebody out but stop trying to score goals from your zone, 
neutral zone. You have to get the puck behind the other team's defenseman with pressure, and then hopefully, and, and it's good, Austin's been drawing penalties this, this year. That's a great, great sign. That means that he's actually going to the areas, that he's actually making players on the other side uncomfortable. But you can't do that with just one player. You need all 12 forwards. You need your six defensemen. You need guys playing tough, hard, and I'm not – it doesn't matter what their personalities are or what their, their, their analytics would tell you of what type of player they should be. You've got to do whatever it takes at the given moment, and the best teams do that. And the best teams are able to adjust and adapt. So, for me, it's early, guys. They, ha- they are above 500, and you know what? I'm sure they'll find their game, but um, confidence starts small successes. And the definition of success is the realization of a predetermined goal. So, guess what? Let's go have a great first period. Let's, you know, be even or in the plus category. And then at the end of the period, you're successful. You realize your goal. Now move on to the next one. Maybe start from shift to shift. But got, the best players are able to do that, and they don't go long extended periods without scoring or providing the offense. But I'll tell you what, that, 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 that monkey, if you will, that grows on the back of a player I'll tell you, it, it gets heavy and heavier if if they're not doing the small things right. Now, Mayday, you, you might have already answered in some of what you said, but, you know, about the big players, and you were a big player when you were with Buffalo as far as front line, and then you win a Stanley Cup playing a different role with Anaheim, you know, the line with Paulson and that, and just... To, so, okay, third and fourth line, which keep being changeable, interchangeable with the Maple Leafs the last couple of years, like the mindset and what you have to do in that kind of role to get more team success. Well, you, first of all, you have to do, you have to play, you got to play scared and confident, but you got to be afraid that, listen, I got to play my game and I can't be, af- I can't be afraid of making mistakes, but if I do make them, I understand I'm going to be sitting on the bench. So, you know what, as your group, you know, your third line who are maybe getting matched up against, a, you know, a, a first or second line, and maybe that's the game plan for the evening. You've got to play the right way. You've got to get back in your own defensive zone. You've got to play good positionally, but you have to play with energy, and you have to be able to put a little fear or a little make players on the other side uncomfortable. But listen, you don't have to kill guys. The fighting is gone in the game, so let's not even talk about that. But you've got to get in on the forecheck. But this whole ping-pong 30-foot or 30, 60-foot passes, tipped open space, all of a sudden it becomes a back-and-forth you know, affair. And if you don't gap up and you don't have confident defensemen to get up back in the neutral zone to close the gap, all of a sudden you're having waves come at you one after another. And it's just it's too hard to play that way. And the first and foremost thing is you can't start games behind, certainly in the first and second shift. There's going to be many games that the other team scores first. But if you're playing the right way and playing hard, you're not worried about those goals because you know you can actually go out there and score one yourself. But I'll tell you what, if you get scored on lackluster behavior or, or, or focus and you're not ready to play, that's, again, if I quoted Sheldon Keith, that is unacceptable. That conversation has to be held inside the locker room. Yes, he's under pressure. But none of us should know what's going on inside that room. And I think they talk too much. I think you nailed it. Uh, the, the, you gotta, you got to almost have a fear or you got to be scared uh, to play a role, especially on the fourth line. And my, my biggest fear, Mayday, when I played wasn't coughing the puck up or taking a bad penalty. 
my biggest fear was not being noticed out there. Nick, you said it right. That's the nail, uh, nail, or that nail in the head. Is that the saying? That works. I'll tell you what, Nick. It's it's unbelievable. Again, you don't want to play scared, but you have to understand that you have to be desperate. A little bit uncomfortable. That listen, you don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to let your line mates down. You've had a little, you know, little gathering, little meeting before the game. Let's go, guys. You know, we need energy. We're going to be playing against the L.A. Kings here coming up. They have a great young player, great young team. Who on this lineup is going to make it uncomfortable and say, "Listen, I'm going to, I'm running Drew Doughty over. I'm going after Quentin Byfield. I'm going to put pressure on Anze Kopitar." I'm not letting this guy, I'm not giving him any space, time and space. And by the way, if you go in with that, you know, dogged focus and, and, and identity, you cannot be denied, I don't think, especially when the skill is there. But I'll tell you what, if you're a skilled team and don't outwork the other team, you're going to lose. And you're going to lose ugly. And the fans and the people here in Toronto in this market, it's, it, it, they're, they're going to they're gonna turn on you quickly. But I'll tell you what, when you got guys that play, and I like, um, you know, back, if I look back a couple of years ago, Zach Hyman, he was the engine of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That guy, and he is the engine at Edmonton. He moves his feet. He draws penalties. This guy's got dogged pressure. Who wants that role? Because guess what? It's up for grabs, and it's a very valuable one. And you're not going to get overpaid or paid today. But if you continue to do that and the Toronto Maple Leafs have success, that player is going to become a household name. Who is it? Who wants the job? And I'll tell you what, if I, had, if I was 60 pounds lighter and ready to roll again, Nick, because this COVID thing has been brutal on us, and I'm kidding when I say that, we have to be, we, these young players have to be focused and want that position. So, Mayday, you were you know, talking about too much getting out, but then you also said um, criticism there's a role for it. It doesn't have to be pulled back. I think that's what some people wonder. Like, are they too sensitive that they, Sheldon Keefe had to pull back something, what he said? So what is appropriate in 2022 for players? Like, I mean, look at, look at Jim Rutherford teeing off his team in Vancouver. Like, like, like as a player nowadays, um, what is acceptable or now is, you know what, this falls on deaf ears and you're out of line? Well, here's the thing, and, and I'm going to say something, and I'm sure and I don't really care. I'm going to upset some people. Go woke, go broke. There's a, there, there's, there's, there, you have to be respectful of your, of your teammates, of your players, of your coaching staff, of your organization. And the, the, the pre, or not pressure, but the, the great honor that you have to play on a team in the National Hockey League. First and foremost, you have to be aware of that. But you know what? When you're inside that locker room, no, no doubt, it's a family. It's a brotherhood. Families fight, guys. Families argue. And they want the best for each other. And they figure it out themselves. But they certainly don't go down to the neighbors one after another and tell them, you know, what the problems are inside their own household. Keep it to yourself. Look each other in the eye. Love each other. And you're going to be a winning team, 100%. If I'm a coach in the National Hockey League, unapologetically, if my best players aren't the best, you have to identify it. Now, do you say it to the media or do you just say it to them in the locker room? There's many different strategies. But... I definitely believe. I like Sheldon Keith. He's going to do okay. He, he, he's showing that he's empathetic to his players, and I like that. But guess what? There are some players that will take advantage of that, and I hope that doesn't happen in Toronto. Boy, you hit the, the nail right on the, 
Hammer? What is, what is the saying again? <laughs> on the saw, I think. <laughs> no, I said on, on the head. I, I can't remember it. But yeah. yeah, You were awesome, buddy, today. I don't care what you said. You were awesome. I'd dress you Saturday night in L.A. Listen, I, you know, Nick, I would love to be in L.A. playing hockey, guys, on the road with the Toronto Maple Leafs and then get a big win Saturday night. It'd be unbelievable. I'm with you, man, I, I, but I'd just like to be in L.A. That's the only part. <laughs> I'd like. Now, you hey know, guys, sorry. Thank you for having me on, and I love you, Gord. Okay. You. See you, man. Brad May. Yeah, I was just going to say the one thing with the May Day, and I, as after <laughs> I was going to kid him, but you know, like um, the one thing I wouldn't do, you have to ask him questions when you give him a ride home from work. So you know, when he worked here at Sportsnet, and I was working with him one night, and it was uh, like nice weather, so it must have been the playoffs. So you know, you're done at like midnight or one o'clock, and he was living up in Hogs Hollow. And he said, can I give you a ride home? Kind of like when you called me when your tar car wasn't working and then <laughs> criticized my driving yes, correct. on the driving too slow. So, okay, I'm going to drive Mayday home. It's about 1 a.m. Then you get in the car. He doesn't tell me we're going to, his son needs a ride home too. So we stop at Mount Pleasant in Eglinton because his son's at his girlfriend's house. Like a typical kid, he takes 10 minutes. Like I'm doing the ride and I'm waking, you know, all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, his, this car pulls up and his girlfriend drops off the sun with golf clubs. So now I got a, I got a bunch of crap in my car. So, like, you know me, I want to go for a pizza slice or something. I got to open it, whatever. But the kid and all that. So, so you got to, Mayday, okay, right home. What exactly does it entail from El Gordo? That's all. That's my tip. All right. So and, oh, I'm not going to bring up that you were... A slow driver, but there was a dog <laughs> pissing on our wheel, for God's sake. That's sakes. urban myth. Urban myth. Um, it was a coyote. God, I could listen to you guys talk about that all day. All right. You got, uh, I got, where, where, where do you want to go? You want to go some to some questions up. right now? I mean, there's a couple updates. of topics that we can pick just I, randomly at, around the league. You know what's hot right now on, on social media is what the Arizona Coyotes dressing room. And the pictures that are out there, they're getting killed right now. It, like it is Chesswood Arena, Woodbine Arena, I don't know, George View. I, I honestly have a better locker at George Bell on Thursday mornings than they do. <laughs> like, but it, it's the, it's like arriving last the, to a cottage. It's right? the bush. And you get the last. Bush league. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's got to be embarrassing for everybody involved. But what are you going to do? You have no choice. You have, you were kicked out of your Glendale Arena. You know what I want to find out, and I'm not, and Sammy, this isn't something you can find out. Uh, Maybe I can easily, but so okay, it's not. Well, it's new that in the middle of your existence, you're playing in a, a provisional place. Like Calgary played in the Corral for two years. Ottawa played in, you know, before the uh, their, their center was built, played for a year or played two. Played in all of those. Tampa Bay played in the fairgrounds. Played at that, too. San Jose played in the Cow Palace, right, where Evil Knievel had that big jump over motorcycles and crashed. where it was? Yeah. That was one of his worst ones. Yeah. So, but that's when you start. So I wonder what the dressing rooms were like in those. Were they comparable to this? Like, is the home dressing room, Sammy, do you know, is it super in Arizona? Like, the Coyotes have a state no. of, no. Okay. It's not. But they haven't finished it yet. Oh, so they're home for four games now. They play a four-game homestand. The pictures are, are are just for the four games. Yes, that's it. So we'll so, get better after. But you know what? They're after they play those four games at home, Gordo. They go on the road for fourteen games. Yeah. So so it'll be done by then. Whatever. I, I, would, I would hope so. 
you think the, the team, like the, the Winnipeg Jets, the Winnipeg Jets just might get dressed at the hotel and get their skates on with skate guards and just get dropped off like we did? <laughs> Back Not in a bad Pee-wee? idea. I don't uh, mind it. Like, um, the, now, at what point is it embarrassing for the league? Very. Uh, now. Uh, like now, at this point. Yeah, for sure at yeah. this point. Right now. Right now. Because it, it's big. The league's big about first class, right? About certain modes now of yeah. travel. This certain, is coach. Well, this is I, this is no, standby. This is sitting on this the wing. Standby on the wing. <laughs> this is sitting. This, in the, this is sitting in the this dumper. Fred Flintstone <laughs> on the on the wing of a pterodactyl bird. Jeez, I don't know. I just I don't need to get back into it again. But just it's embar- It really is embarrassing. Move the team, please. You know the old Boston Garden. You remember that dressing room? Yes. I know that's old, but I mean, yeah. people think the mystique of original six no, no, teams. No, it was a box. And and you had to, I remember the trainers had to hide towels in the morning because they never gave you enough towels, and the shower was always cold. Yes. And it was a dump, right? You know, the, you go and play Bobby Orr and whatever, but you're in, again, I know that's a, an yeah. era gone by, yeah. but it's not it like. It didn't help that you were showering there, and you didn't even play. Yes, That's why they yeah. ran out well, of towels. I, I, I tried to get out one before the players came in, but yeah, I never quite timed it right. The other thing, I, I, you know, the other thing is that like they're 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 charging. I know it's students, but they're charging students just twenty five dollars to get in. Like, can I say that must make everybody I, else around the league who's spending one hundred and fifty two hundred bucks on a ticket really good? Can I say I do like that? I do well, like I do like the twenty five dollars. Oh students. yeah, you know who else loves it? Students, the players who need to spend or, or get only fifty percent of the revenue. They must love that. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, that is very true. But if you're a fan, if you're a college student, it's awesome. And the other owners will cut a gate equalization check too, right? And these guys will be you know be drinking a hundred natty lights and heading down there and banging on drums and being all greased up. They might have fun. Might so, be loud. So Sammy brings up the trade-off kipper, okay? Like, I like understand this is supposed to be a one-off. It could be a two-year, could be a three-year, whatever, that they're supposed to be. And maybe the Phoenix Suns sale this pot of gold at the end. So right now, okay, you're stuck with it, but make it rock. Make it rock. Make it roar. Because Arizona, it hasn't I think generally. they've got it. They, they, at only 5,000 people, they have a chance to but the do students, that. But the students will bring it to a fun level that they hadn't seen. Yes. You know, so as a provisional thing. Like, like would they sell out at normal price even? That's a great question. Probably not. I mean, that their, their real attendance is not. So you are going to kind of create that college feel. Well, you got no choice. I don't think it's a bad idea. Like, with the, the cards you're played or chose to be played... Um, They're going to have a band. Is that true? A band? I don't know. Yeah, they got drums, apparently. Well, that's not a whole band. That's just drums. I don't know. But college games there, the, the band, well, bands are big up here, but they're really big down there I, at, at hockey games, too. To me, if I was living in that area and I was a hockey fan, this is an unbelievable opportunity to see hockey. Oh, if, I think if it's successful, um, we're going to see a lot more teams go well, down to 5,000. But no, 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 no. no. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely not. I'm just saying if I'm a Canadian in that area and I want to go watch hockey, you get to see, like, it's basically watching it in the Harry Lumley Bayshore and Own Sound. It's like watching the Stones at Lee's Palace or something. Like, you get to see NHL Um, hockey close up. um, Is is Clayton Keller uh, Keith Richards here? (laughs) I was talking more about the other team, Kip. (laughs) (laughs) all right you got a question for us where where you want to go i got a couple practice updates for the leafs they're on the ice right now okay uh they've shaken up the lines a little bit you guys are you guys interested in that again you mean yes wayne simmons back in what la yes uh wayne simmons back in uh so your top line they went back to bunting matthews and marner as a top line that was a really 
Big experiment they did there for a period and a half. Kerfoot slides in with Tavares and Nylander. Okay. And then you have a third line of Nick Robertson, Callie Yarncroc, and Wayne Simmons as your third line. And your fourth line is Angval, Camp, Obey Kubel, Zach Aston Reese, and Malgin appear to be healthy scratches. All right. Do anything for you? Listen, uh, earlier in the week, I said the only thing for me that would really shake it up is if you dropped Nylander down and and had him pull some people up on the bottom six. I, I don't know. I mean... Well, that cliche again, shuff, shuffling we, now, the deck now, now we've got yeah. Nick Robertson on a third line. Great. Is that ultimately where we felt like he could be a, a 40-point guy this season? Which... And- should be after what we've witnessed training camp and early should be a realistic goal. So Kerfoot's getting the call over him, correct? That's in, in this in this shuffle, Sammy, is that yes. right? Okay. Kerfoot's playing slid in with Tavares and Nylander, which is something we saw a lot of last year too. Mm-hmm. Diminishing results and people were never really thrilled with that line. If by chance we're we're talking after Saturday night like we are the first eight games, they're going to have to break up one of Matthews Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Mm -hmm. They have to if this continues on this pattern. I know. And I wanted to see it last night during the game, and then they went out and scored a beautiful goal at the end of the second period. But even in the game last night, I was saying, would it be nice to just, like, you know he's allowed to do that. Sheldon, you can break up the lines. You can put them back together. It just felt like they were due for a kick in the butt. So, And the other very important update from practice, according to David Alter, the Leafs will be wearing their Bieber jerseys on Saturday night against the Sharks. They're I black. forget what they look like. They're black. Yeah. black. Okay. Remember, they're the black one with the blue leaf, as usual, but they're all black, and they're reversible. And they don't have a Bieber on them. A Bieber. No, oh, Bieber. Uh, okay. Justin Bieber. I'm going to get my hearing checked. But <laughs> he said the Bieber jerseys. Like, Bieber. Oh, I've never heard Bieber. about the Bieber. Okay, I got it now. The Bieber. So they're going to be using Is some- it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, that Bieber. Bieber. Okay. So, uh, yeah. so they'll be eating some Timbits before the game the and all that. Yeah, the Bieber bits. Yeah. Hey, um, so they could be 4-4-1, four, four, and one, but the important thing is they're going to sell. <laughs> Those jerseys. Yes. I like the jerseys. So. I'm trying to remember them. I'm just glad there's not a beaver on them. They're all they're all black with the blue leaf. I don't uh, don't remember. I, no, I do remember, and I don't get like you've got blue and white. I'm sorry, like blue and white. Yeah, I, I don't like screwing around with the colors. Okay, I I, I, I tend don't. to agree. I tend to agree. You know, the like, jerseys are pretty beautiful as it is. Yeah, you might like, as well just leave them. Original six jerseys are magnificent. So mm-hmm. now the other part, the goaltending. Okay, so Samsonov, he's a bit under the weather, or or, or, or what's the deal? Because obviously it looks like Shalgren's going to get two of the three starts at the end of the day, right in California. Or do you think Samsonov will go back to back? No, what do you I, think? I think it's probably going to be. Oh, yeah, he did say he was feeling a little bit under the weather. They so that's it, that's it. the reason why. Okay. So they probably go. Listen, I, I would imagine Samson off tomorrow I just, night. Again, um, it's just it's like almost like we're throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing if it sticks. You got you got Wayne Simmons a week a week ago was kicked to the curb. It was over. Now you got him on the third line with Nick Robertson. Really. Where I like Wayne, yeah, I like him only because that's what jumps I'm, out to me too. I'm comparing him to what 
I've seen so far on the fourth line. You, you, I, I'd, I'd have him sit there, play one minute rather than have Mulligan out on the ice. Agree. Is it because it's an old team of his? I know it's a while ago. I don't but know. No, honestly, that might not be yeah. the worst idea. I don't know. I just, I so don't. He's going to be on the first line when they play Philadelphia <laughs> Wednesday. I, I just don't see it. I just, they're just, like Gordo said, they're shuffling. Okay, chairs the chairs. On the, okay, wait a sec. Maybe gonna, the Titanic. I'm going to yes. make a case, Wayne Simmons. Okay, so him and him and you know they, they became Kyle Clifford's sort of persona non grata in the playoffs last year. They played those first two games. Game one, they kicked ass. It was the best maybe game of the season. The environment, the atmosphere at uh, Scotiabank Arena. Game two, same thing in the first period. Victor Hedman scores with what four seconds left, yes. and that the Leafs don't end up not getting a two nothing lead games wise. Simmons played awesome, right, Sammy? Mm -hmm. Like, he should have had a goal, played great. And then the one needless penalty. Penalty started creeping in. I understand that, but no, but it was one. And then all of a sudden it was, okay, now we can't afford it, you know, whatsoever. Like, and again, again, there's got to be a gauge of that. But just imagine now you're in the offseason, you've committed to a new look, and you purposely went out there, and you, you know, I within the salary cap structure that you have, but you handpicked Mulligan, you handpicked Obel, you handpicked Aston Reese to come to a training camp, knowing that there's a contract there for him waiting. And you've also had the conversations that Wayne's just too slow now. He can't get there, and we're just going to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And now you're, he's on a third line with Nick Robertson, yeah. by the way. Well, you know, well, anyway, first of all, Wayne Simmons, knows, like, Wayne Simmons knows you can't have hurt feelings. You know that if it's professional sports, and he obviously did. This is but, all a bonus to him anyways, right? These sure. are games that, that yeah. you, you thought a week and 10 days ago were absolutely off. He didn't think he was ever coming Off back. the radar. You, he thought he was done. And now he's like, it's a top nine forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, for this particular game. But right. you're right. It's You're pre- right. It's pretty crazy. Anyways, I got a couple questions. All right. This is from Terry in Stony Creek from the text line. Keith made some pretty strong comments on the defense not being good enough last night. Oh, you know what? Can we just um, – mm. can we go to our clip on Keith just to pick up this before yeah. you finish it? Keith on switching up the pairs. Which make you think of maybe switching the pairs just to try and get some different I don't. I, I don't see that that would change anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he Scrap got that idea. So, do you think there's a message sent to Dubis with that comment from Terry and Stony Creek? Oh, wait. This isn't Mike Babcock sending messages all the time to Kyle Dubis and basically one season going down the two. Remember when and- they traded for Muzzengord? And they asked him about it. He's like, well, he's not right-handed, but I guess we'll have to work him in. Well, and many, many other things. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, come on. They're, like, they, the expression that they're joined at the hips, uh, is, I, I think still is apropos. Kyle Dubas, very loyal to Sheldon Keefe, right? I think, honest to God, I don't know Sheldon well, but you ask him a question, he's going to give you an answer, and there's no thinking about, like... There's no I'm, agenda. I'm, there's no agenda. Yeah. Okay. He, he gave you an answer. He doesn't think it will make a difference, and that's it. There's no message to his general manager or his president. He's just answering the question. Fair enough. It just to me, he mentioned the defense three different times last night in the clip, talking oh, no. about how they're not. It is out. by far 
his biggest disappointment right now when he's penciling it in and he's watching a guy like Justin Hall continue to cough up the puck, lose his confidence, and yet he has to put him back out on the ice. That's a tough pill to swallow for Sheldon right now. I know. Uh, what else we got here? This may be a little bit of a... What does... Okay. Does Sheldon have job security if they come back from the West Coast 0-4? Well, he... he, he okay, so you can answer. No, no, I was just going to say, what does that take us to? 4-5? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, the unthinkable a few years ago when Mike Babcock got let go and you kind of go, okay, no, they're not going to let Babcock go. It comes to the play. Oh, well, and so, no. To answer your question, he still would have a job. You can't, it's still too early and too knee-jerk to do that. I don't know. There, there would be a point in the regular season. I can't believe they ever would get to that actual point because I just think it's understood. They, they all know that they're in it together. And, you know, if they have playoff success their butts will be kissed and they could all get five-year contracts for limited playoff success, Kippy. Like, I mean, you know, look, look what happened with the Jays. Mark but Shapiro. It doesn't, it doesn't get there if, if you don't see a significant change in the next little while and they continue to be on this path where they're just in the mix with everyone else, there's going to be a panic here, Gord. You know that. Well, then they should have made the change in the summer. If, if, you, if you are prepared to make a change this early in the season – you should, like barring something extraordinarily horrible, which hasn't happened yet, but did when you had to make the Babcock change, then you should have made the change in the summer. It shouldn't be, we'll give them 20 games and we'll see what gives. It should be, we're going to, you know, ride it out. We're in it together and let's have some playoff success together. There has to be some, at some point between now and Christmas, there there has to be some separation between the pack and are there is will we see that separation in the next four to six weeks or if they remain in the pack yeah you can't be fighting for a playoff spot now you're in a dog fight with five other teams there's more dogs there's some puppies there now (laughs) do you let Sheldon stay for that dog fight in the pack or do you need separation for Sheldon to continue well I agree those closer to the scene would evaluate that and um I don't know like you're right I just it should be a home and cooled out playoff team at the end of the day at the end of 82 games which doesn't mean you wait to game number 82 because then you won't you won't be there like Vegas found last year you you do run out of time sometimes so all right uh I'm going, you, I'm going on a scouting report trip this weekend. I'm going to check out the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, ooh, let us know. Yeah, going to check I, them out. In their pers- I've, never I been like to, I've never been to that building for a game. So going down for It'll a buddy's bachelor party, and we're going yep. to watch them play the uh, powerhouse Blackhawks. Big win for Bruce Boudreaux. Oh, 600. Yes. And uh, Justin this week said to me, uh, God, I hope he gets there. Like, yeah. The feeling was, well, could could they let him well, go at five ninety nine? Well, well, did you see the sense of relief at the end because it it came down to Miller blocking that shot. They're a very fragile team, so they get it, and then all of a sudden someone shakes Bruce's hand. You go, all right, that's right. Like they thought he might get it in Washington or Minnesota, places he coached before, so he got it. But they're still man. They play again tonight, and and uh, let's see. If that, they got to get some goaltending, by the way. Thatcher Demko, Jim Rutherford said last year, the one thing we know is we have a great goaltender in Thatcher Demko, and uh, they're not getting it. Listen, 
three games in a row where you're blowing two multiple goal leads. Oh, I know. It's like put one. You should put two out of three away and think about the the different feel Bruce and that whole organization would have if Demko was able to shut the door with with two goal leads. And another, I know it's an excuse. Why do you start the season on a five game road trip? I, I like to get a road trip in early, like the Leafs are right now. But but your first five games on the road. Again, excuses, excuses, but still, everyone looks at things analytically, Kippy. Gord, phenomenal job. What Thank a you. job, Gord. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, I Kippy. I think the Jays you. sign you mid-relief. I, really <laughs> I am do. an inning eater, according to Chris Elkovich. He's better than Trevor Richards, that's for sure. Remember that beautiful ceremony where everybody was dressed to the tees and you came out in a Hawaiian shirt? It was for Tom Cheek, yeah. I, I, I didn't get the memo on the dress code. It was a very nice ceremony and we'll live like in infamy like on my side. You were going to the beach? I, bad what was move, going on bad with move, that? We soldier on, right? <laughs> well, you dressed accordingly today for the I'm Real ready. Kipper and Bourne show. Thanks, Kippy. You have a good Always one. Always a pleasure, pal. Always tons of laughs. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening. Give us a rating and review. Put the thumbs up on YouTube. We love you. We're speaking to you on Monday.